What is going on, everybody? We're back with episode 16 of the R City Podcast. It's been a while. I know it has, but we're going to dive right into it. Lots going on in the Mets world. Lots going on in the baseball world. <clears throat> but mostly for this episode, we're going to touch on the Mets. And in our next episode, we're going to talk more MLB news and stuff like that. First of all, Mets got a new manager, as you all have definitely seen by now. Carlos Beltran will be the next manager of the Mets. Kind of surprising. Not going to lie. I did not think that Beltran was going to get named the manager. I was fully expecting Joe Girardi all the way. But then when the Phillies signed him, I honestly had no idea who the Mets manager was going to be. They were saying it's going to be Eduardo Perez. could be Carlos Beltran. But there was, at first it seemed like all signs were pointing towards Joe Girardi. And then, obviously, he signed with the Phillies. I feel like, in my, or based on what I've read and what I've seen, I feel like the only reason that Girardi went to the Phillies instead of the Mets is because the Phillies offered him more money. Plain and simple. And there's nothing wrong with that. I have nothing against him doing that. I have nothing against Beltran being manager. I love Beltran being manager, especially since he's been with the team, he's been with the organization before. He spent the previous couple years as an advisor with the Yankees after retiring after the 2017 season when he won a World Series with Houston. So it's uh, it's a great addition in my eyes. I think he's going to be a great manager for the Mets this year. I think they made a great choice. Eduardo Perez, I feel like, also would have been a fantastic choice. So definitely, they hit the head on the head, nail on the head. There was also a couple other roster changes. Uh, Phil Reagan will not return as the Mets pitching coach. He will stay within the organization. However, he will not be the pitching coach. They have hired Jeremy Hefner as the new pitching coach for the Mets. Yes, that Jeremy Hefner. Used, played, excuse me, played, played with the Mets from 2012 to the 2013 season. He Previously was with the Twins as an, as a scout and then got promoted up to be an assistant pitching coach. Big analytics guy. A lot of what I've read about him, a lot of positive looks and positive takes on him being named the pitching coach. Definitely going to miss Phil Reagan. Loved Phil Reagan as the pitching coach, but I think Jeremy Hefner was a great addition to the staff. And they also, the Mets announced a new bench coach. So originally, nothing's official yet. This is all the pitch. Um, Hefner being the pitching coach is official. The new bench coach is still not official yet. It's still just reports. But so originally, when Beltran was hired, everyone thought that uh, he was going to name Terry Collins as his bench coach. Everyone was kind of expecting it. They were just waiting for it to be made official. He never ended up doing that. He named instead. Carlos Beltran named Hensley Mullins as their new bench coach. Longtime Giants coach. He spent the past eight seasons as the San Francisco Giants hitting coach and then transitioned two years ago to the bench coach for the Giants. He also has been spoken very highly of. I haven't done a lot of reading on Mullins, but he's spoken very highly of three great additions to the Mets. And it's going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy seeing how this plays out. 
But on a sad note with the Mets, they had, or a sad note for me at least, I know other people are probably thrilled with it, but I'm not. The Mets have officially parted ways with Juan Lagares. He was placed on waivers, and then event, and after they did not renew his contract, so he's officially a free agent. Kind of, I kind of don't like that move. I disagree with it greatly, actually. Yes, was Lagares the best hitter? No. But I feel like his speed and his overall defense, I feel like was a great asset for the Mets considering their outfield is a little weaker as it is in terms of lack of depth in the outfield. So I feel like they lost a key bench slash depth piece in the outfield. And they're going to be relying a lot more on, of course, Conforto and McNeil, but they're going to rely on Nimmo to have a huge bounce back year along with guys like J.D. Davis and Dom Smith to fill in from time to time. And then, of course, when Cespedes, if slash when he decides to come back, a lot of things will change, but I still feel like the Mets are going to need another outfielder, another star outfielder. There have been reports that they've been talking with the Pirates about Starling Marte. Marte has said that he would love to come and play for the Mets, and he'd give everything to play, give everything he had if he were traded to the Mets. I definitely would love to see Marte come over. I've seen some of the um, trade proposals I've seen included uh, Franklin Kilme and Andres Jimenez. Some bigger prospects for the Mets. I've seen David Peterson's name float around a little bit. It's it'll be tough for the Mets to give up those prospects. In my eyes. But I definitely feel like if they're getting Marte, it's, it's, I feel like it'll be worth it for the Mets to do that. If we've seen, especially last year with the Diaz trade, they're not afraid to trade prospects to get big talent. So definitely, if the Mets were to get Marte, it would not cost them any major league talent. I feel like it's only going to cost them prospects as the Pirates are rebuilding more. And they're not in that competing stage yet. So that's mostly what's been going on in Metland. A lot of interesting developments. But mostly in this episode, I want to talk about how I see this Mets team after this year, how I see them shaping up in 2020. So in 2020, I definitely see them have a winning record, a winning season. I also see them making the playoffs. However, I'm seeing them as the top wild card. I feel like after winning the World Series, the Nationals are going to be riding high into the sunset, and they're going to continue that mojo into next year, or they're going to crash completely. But I also feel like the Phillies, they've been supposedly supposed to be the head of that division for the past couple years, but haven't been there yet. They have a new manager now with Girardi. The Braves are are always going to be there. They're never going to go away. So it should be... It should be a lot of fun to watch. I'm fully expecting a three-way race between the Braves, Phillies, Mets, or four-way race, excuse me, between the Braves, Phillies, Mets, and Nationals. But I do see I, the Mets could win the division very well. I very well do see that as realistic, but I see it more realistic that they're going to be the top wild card in the National League. In terms of the roster to get them to that point, I think the Mets need to keep what they got. 
obviously it doesn't hurt to add, but I definitely think that the guy, the current guys they have, <clears throat> excuse me, they should keep on their roster. I, I know there's been reports of trading Dom Smith, of trading or parting ways with J.D. Davis. I don't agree with those at all. I feel like the best way for the Mets to uh, make the playoffs, excuse me, lost my train of thought for a minute, to make the playoffs and to be successful in 2020, I need to, or I believe that they should keep what they have. Obviously, we're looking at the infield. Ramos is going to be doing the catching most of the, not right now, uh, since Nito will probably be the backup, but the Mets definitely will be looking in for another catcher. They were looking at Yasmani Grandal, but he signed a four-year deal with the White Sox. So right now, Ramos is a primary catcher. I know there have been talks with the Mets and Robinson Chirinos. I don't know how advanced those talks have gotten, but I've, I'm totally confident with Ramos being the catcher, primary catcher, and Nito being his backup in 2020. I fully support that. I like Nito defensively a lot. Wish he had more in his bat, but Ramos makes up for it with his bat. It is where Ramos could run, but that's okay. <laughs> Around the rest of the infield, looking at staying the same second base, we'll come back to. But at first base, we got Pete Alonso. Shortstop's going to be Rosario. At third, doesn't look like the Mets are going to re-sign Todd Frazier, so I would expect J.D. Davis to move back to his natural position of third, which I love. I would love for J.D. Davis to stay at third. I feel like he's he did fine in the outfield, but <clears throat> I feel like his best contributions is going to, he's going to, if for him to contribute with his bat, he's going to need to play. And with the Mets' current outfield outlook, I feel like the only way he's going to get to play is if he's playing third base. And I totally like that, him and Alonzo on the corners. I feel like Davis is going to have a great year in 2020. He's going to continue that. He's still only 26 years old. Having him at third base, I definitely see as a possibility and don't think a lot of Mets fans would disapprove of that. I remember when the Mets traded for him, everybody was hating on it. Oh, you gave up too much for him. Oh, this trade sucks. He's going to blow. Well, J.D. Davis was one of the best offensive producers for the Mets last year. So... Having him in the lineup, I see, is very, very important for this team. Uh, at second, that's the big question mark. I, It's going to be, it looks like it's still going to be Cano, as it probably should be. But then you got names floating around. If you got Sam Haggerty, who came up at the end of the year. You got Andres Jimenez, who may play some second or short, or Rosario may play second or short. You also got Luis Giorme that played some second base. And then, of course, you got... Cano but with Cano being hurt a lot of last year and with him not producing as much offensively as we know he can do and what he's done in the past it's going to be a lot tougher for the Mets to justify having him in the lineup if I mean if he has a huge bounce back here as everyone's expecting from him then so be it but I, it's second base is a huge question mark, not because they don't have people to play it, but it's just a matter of who are the Mets going to have play second base. Right now, it's still probably stand that it'll be Cano, but, I mean, things can change. Spring training can happen. Cano, uh, after the year starts, Cano could just not pan out. He could struggle. 
And then maybe we'll see guys like Sam Haggerty get a shot or Luis Guillorme get a more full-time role. And a lot, it's just interesting to see what will happen. And then in the outfield, of course, we're expecting a, from left to right, McNeil, Nimmo, Conforto, with Dom Smith out there every so often. Or Dom Smith playing first some days to give Pete Alonso a day off. But I'll, overall, that's <clears throat> a nice group to have. I really like that offensively. And then on the mound, oh, excuse me, I forgot the biggest thing. I forgot Jed Lowry was still a thing. <laughs> Assuming Jed Lowry is back to the Jed Lowry that he was with Oakland, he's missed, obviously, almost all of this past season because of injuries. But if he can come back fully healthy and even give half of what he was with Oakland, he also could be a huge factor into who's starting at second base on opening day. So a lot can happen with that. Second base will definitely be the most interesting position to watch for the Mets. Also, the fifth starter rotation spot will be interesting too. So right now the Mets rotation is looking at keeping DeGrom and Syndergaard, Mats, and Marcus Stroman. The fifth starter spot is still up in the air. With uh, Zach Wheeler's contract being up, he's a free agent. The Mets are I would, hopefully trying to bring him back. I would, If the Mets can keep Wheeler, that would be ideal. But if they can't keep Wheeler, if Wheeler signs somewhere else, we know the Twins have been in contact with him, the White Sox, a bunch of teams have been in contact with Wheeler. But if the Mets could hang on to him, that's that's what you want to do. But if they can't, they do have some options in the minor leagues. For those of you who didn't see, uh, they signed, or excuse me, they claimed Steven Gonzalez from the Twins. I saw him pitch at the AAA level with the Red Wings. I think he would be great as a fifth starter. He'd be another lefty in the rotation for to complement Mats. But definitely like Gonzalez, and he's only 25, but I definitely like Gonzalez as a potential rotation option. Also, Walker Lockett could get thrown in there. Chris Mazza could get potentially get thrown in there. Same with Corey Oswalt. Also, there have been talks of potentially moving Seth Lugo into the rotation. I personally feel like the Mets should keep Lugo in the bullpen as their long reliever or primary setup man for Diaz. Maybe even have him close for a little bit, but definitely would keep Lugo in the bullpen. Gasalman also could factor into the rotation. They got a lot of options that they could put there in the rotation, and in my eyes still have a great rotation. But ideally, I want to see them keep Zach Wheeler. And it doesn't look like he's getting close to a decision anywhere, if he's going to stay or if he's going to go somewhere else. Hopefully he stays. Everyone would love to see him stay. But if he doesn't, the Mets do have options, which is always good. It's always good to have a surplus of pitching and pitching talent, which if we look in the Mets minor leagues system, there's it's definitely no short supply of that talent. And then in the bullpen, of course, the same crew probably as last year. Brody Van Wagenen talked saying he was definitely looking at bullpen help this offseason. Diaz, everyone's just expecting a big bounce back here from him. Which and I'm sure he is too. No reason that Edwin Diaz, who two years ago saved 60 games, almost 60 games, then had a abysmal year last year, was blowing games left and right. So hopefully Diaz can come back as the closer. If not, Seth Lugo, I feel like, should be the closer. 
I definitely feel that if Diaz does work out, Lugo should be your long reliever slash setup man and definitely be, if it's a tight situation or a close game, or if you got just an innings eater to help your rotation rest a little bit, Lugo needs to be your go-to guy. Lugo and Gesellman. Or Gesellman, I should say, for inning eating, not the be your go-to guy, but... Because Lugo, with what he did last year, it was honestly incredible. It was very under the radar. Not many people were talking about the year he had. If he can continue that into this year, even half of that, he will continue to stick out as he should and definitely should get more all-star consideration for L.A. in 2020. But, and then also you got guys like Lockett and Oswald, Daniel Zamora, Tyler Bachelor, the usual people that were in there last year. Mets are definitely going to be looking at some help. There have been rumors about Dylan Batances, which I would love to see. That would be a great addition. If you could have the starting staff go maybe five or six innings, have Lugo pitch a couple, have Batances in the eighth as a setup man, and then have Diaz in the ninth, or in some capacity of that, that would be ideal for the Mets. But obviously, it's not a perfect world, so it doesn't always work like that. But there are a lot of positive things and a lot of positive energy going into the Mets season. They ended on a great note with Dom Smith's walk-off on the last day of the year. But if I'm a Mets fan right now, I'm definitely excited for 2020. Definitely a lot of positive things going in, a lot of new faces, which is good. A lot of the same faces staying, which is really good. And hopefully it's it sounds cliche, like everyone says it, but it really is. It's with this team, it's health. Everybody stays healthy. This team is arguably one of the best teams in the National League, if not the best team in the National League, in terms of the talent that they have when they are fully healthy. You know, so hopefully the Mets can stay that way in 2020 and then compete and hopefully win the NL East and get back to the World Series. But that's pretty much going to wrap it up for this episode, episode 16 of the Our City Podcast. Our next episode will be an overall MLB update, what's going on around the league, any breaking news. We'll talk a little bit about the Astros situation, some of you probably know about. It's kind of blown over now, but I want to touch on it a little bit. But that's going to do it for this episode. I want to thank you all for tuning in. If you have questions, comments, concerns, leave them down below. Make sure you're subscribing and telling your friends about us helping us grow to be the best we could be. Any suggestions or comments to help us improve, good or bad, we're always looking for uh, constructive criticism from you guys. Leave them down below. Don't be shy. Thank you for tuning in to episode 16 of the Our City Podcast. We hope to see you back next time for episode 17. Let's go Mets.